Facebook gets a lot of flack for what goes up on its platform. Facebook is the most important mechanism facilitating the spread of fake news. Coronavirus misinformation on its platform. Hate speech on the platform. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg is under fire on two... For a long time, the decisions about what should stay up and what should come down were up to the company, and ultimately up to Facebook's CEO Mark Zuckerberg. But as more posts on Facebook have had serious real-world consequences, even Facebook felt that this strategy wasn't sustainable. So last year, Facebook did something that hasn't been done by a big social media platform before. It created its own outside group to deal with some of these questions. They call it the Oversight Board. And that group is about to make its biggest decision yet, whether to allow former President Donald Trump back onto Facebook or ban him forever. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Thursday, February 25th. Coming up on the show, a conversation with one of the Oversight Board's co-chairs about the future of free speech on Facebook. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. Washington Wise from Charles Schwab is an original podcast that unpacks the stories making news there. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise. Do you mind just starting off by introducing yourself? Yeah, my name is uh, Helle Thorning-Smith. I am Danish. I used to be in politics in Denmark. Uh, I was prime minister and uh, leader of the opposition before that. I was member of European Parliament. And now I'm actually out of politics and have time to engage like uh, the Facebook Oversight Board. Former Danish Prime Minister Helle Thorning-Schmidt has experienced dealing with big questions around freedom of speech. Starting in 2005, while Hella was leading the Social Democratic Political Party, a Danish newspaper published cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad. I was really engaged when we had the so-called Muhammad drawings. A Danish newspaper set off a firestorm when it published controversial cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad, sparking violent protests which claimed the lives of hundreds of people. The Danish embassy in Beirut was set on fire and more than 200 people were killed worldwide. And a few years later, while Hella was prime minister, a terrorist tried to shoot another cartoonist in a Copenhagen cafe and later attacked a synagogue. A gunman killed a man at a free speech forum attended by a cartoonist. We are devastated today. A man has lost his life. While for many Muslims, the cartoons of Muhammad were blasphemous, Hella had said at the time that the newspaper was exercising its right to free speech. She told us that her role in this free speech conversation might be part of the reason why Facebook chose her for the oversight board. What do you think is the problem around social media and free speech? Everyone, luckily, can post on uh, the big social media platforms. More people than ever have new agency to speak. And I think that's an enormously positive thing for democracy. On the other hand, we know that when you're open to so many voices, you will also have issues around hate speech, around uh, posts that can cause immediate danger to other people, uh, racism, all these issues. 
But Facebook's moderation system, which relies on a mix of humans and algorithms, has come under a lot of criticism from people who say the company has too much power over speech online. Zuckerberg himself even recognized that Facebook needed some outside input. We need a more accountable process that people feel is legitimate and that gives platforms certainty. Uh, we launched an independent oversight board that can overturn our decisions. and we've committed Zuckerberg to- called this new oversight board a kind of Supreme Court for Facebook. Hella is one of 20 members from all around the world, many of whom are either former government officials, nonprofit founders, lawyers, or civil society activists. Their job is to be a check on Facebook's decision-making, and they're each paid a six-figure salary. To fund the group, Facebook paid $130 million to create an independent trust, meaning Facebook doesn't control the money anymore. The group formally launched in May of 2020. Hella was one of the first members. What intrigued you about the board when you first heard about it? I felt increasingly that it wasn't right, that it was ultimately Mark Zuckerberg or the leadership of Facebook that had the last word on content. That just didn't seem right. So when I started hearing about having an independent oversight board to look at these content decisions and take it away from the platforms themselves, that's where I got really interested to see maybe we could actually be part of solving a problem. Was there anything that gave you pause about joining? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, would we be independent? Would Facebook have to follow our decisions? Because we don't want to just be a debating forum. So if we are taking a decision on a specific piece of content, we need to make sure that Facebook would follow those decisions. Hella says Zuckerberg promised her personally that the board would be independent. The board works like this. If Facebook removes a user's post, the person can appeal. If the oversight board chooses to take on the case, it'll decide whether the post should stay down or go back up. The board has only decided on six posts since its formation. How do you decide which posts or cases to take on? We're talking in the thousands of cases coming in, and we have then a case selection committee, which is responsible for selecting the cases that we want to move on. So the case selection committee got the cases down to first a 1,000, then a 500, then 100, and then in the end 50, and then down to the first six cases that we chose. We wanted cases which touch on a number of different issues. Each case raised a different question for the board to answer, like whether a post about breast cancer could include images of nipples, which it can, or whether it was okay for someone to use an offensive slur in Azerbaijan, which it's not. I mean, we test the decisions that Facebook has taken on on three criteria. We ask if they are compliant with Facebook's own community standards, compliant with Facebook's values in general, and also compliance with human rights standards. So those are the things we are asking in each case. In each case, the board delivers a ruling to keep the post offline or to put it back up. And in five out of the six cases so far, the board decided that the post shouldn't have been taken down. And Facebook kept its word. It did what the board wanted and put the post back up. But now, instead of criticizing Facebook, people are criticizing the board. One of the decisions they've taken heat for is for telling Facebook it had to reinstate a post from a user in Myanmar who had written an offensive post about Muslims. Did you take into consideration the broader situation in Myanmar where there is genocide against the Rohingya Muslims in that country? Did that factor into the the broader context about whether to reinstate this post or not? 
Yes, it did factor in when it was uh, considered because, of course, we know the history and we know what happened uh, with the genocide. So we did know that. And that is exactly why the, the case was chosen in the first place, because it was this balance between freedom of expression and what happened. So that was one of the reasons why we selected it, exactly because it was difficult. Why did the board ultimately decide to keep the post up? We can understand why Facebook took it down in the first place, but we do think that the post did not advocate hatred or intentionally incite any form of imminent harm to Muslims. It didn't come to actual hate speech. And that was why it was more important to have freedom of expression in that particular case. The six cases show how complicated questions around free speech can be. And yet, they don't even compare to what's coming next. Whether Donald Trump should be banned from Facebook for good. That's after the break. What is dedication? People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike and you didn't? I just created an environment where they taught themselves and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. After the January 6th riot at the Capitol, Facebook banned Donald Trump for inciting violence. Facebook has announced it will continue to ban President Trump from posting on its platform. This is by far the most aggressive and direct language Zuckerberg has used. He believes the risks of allowing the president to continue to use the Facebook and Instagram services during this period are simply too great. In a statement, he said the shocking events of the last 24 hours clearly demonstrate that President Donald Trump intends to undermine the peaceful and lawful transition of power to his election. Now, it's up to the board whether or not Trump is going to stay banned. And for a group that's only decided six relatively low-profile cases so far, this is going to be a big step, whether to bring back perhaps one of the most famous and divisive people in the world right now. So I asked Hella, as a former political leader herself, how Trump's high-profile status factors into the board's decision. It does matter if someone is a public figure or a politician or a head of state, uh, what can a public figure or politician say and do and what limitations should there be for a politician. And Facebook has also asked us to look specifically on what should be the rules for public figures like uh, former President Trump. So we will look into all these uh, these issues and, uh, yeah, come back with a, a decision that I know for sure will be controversial because some will agree, some will disagree. And basically it is up to us now to determine whether Trump should be excluded from Facebook forever or without a set date where he could return. That's up to us. What happens when not everyone on the panel agrees? Well, first of all, we debate. So we actually discuss specific wording of the decision. How should this sound? Is there too much emphasis on this or that? So that goes back and forth between all of us. And then finally, there is something which is put to a a vote. The decisions that you can see on our website is basically our decisions. And you'll be able to see that we didn't always agree on everything in the cases. Uh, You will also be able to see how we weighted different parts of our decision making. uh, And I think that comes out quite clearly in our decisions. Are you concerned that no matter what, the board decides it could politicize it? I really hope not. We are very diverse bunch of people on the board. We are very global. 
We also try to balance the board politically, so we come from different parts of the political spectrum. So I really hope that it won't be politicized, but I'm, I've come from politics, I'm not, I'm not naive. So I hope we can give a principled decision and describe it in a way so people can see which considerations we have, uh, we have debated. Which way are, le- are you leaning right now? <laughs> it would be uh, it would be completely wrong of me to go into the case. I mean, it's, and of course, I shouldn't have an opinion about this case because that would actually mean that I couldn't partake in taking the decision when we come to it. So I think we're all very careful, as we should be, to not express an opinion about this. Fair enough. Will this decision on President Trump and all the decisions that the board makes set a precedent for other world leaders or other similar types of posts? Yes, it will. That is the whole idea behind our decisions, that once we have taken a decision in a, in a principled way and given our reasons for that, it should set the tone for other content moderation decisions which are similar. The Trump case is going to thrust the young board into the spotlight, and Hella is hopeful that its influence will continue to grow. Right now, the board only has one ability— If Facebook takes something down, the board can say, hey, put that back up. But its power is supposed to expand. In the future, we will have the opportunity to also look at content that Facebook has left on the platform. We will also have access to look at incidents where whole accounts get scrapped by Facebook, where users will be able to complain. So we are waiting for those capabilities, but we will get there. Between the board's growing power and the upcoming Trump case, the group is going to be deciding what free speech looks like online for one of the world's biggest platforms. Does the board have a unified perspective on free speech and what that means? I don't know anyone can have a a unified perspective because free speech always comes down to individual cases where you look at something and then everyone is in favor of free speech until it becomes really difficult These decisions should not be ultimately decided within social media companies anymore. And we are also being very clear that we're not only looking at uh, Facebook's own community standards, we're also looking at international human rights standards. So we have to remind ourselves and remember that international human rights uh, standards are just that, international. As we have been talking about, the board has decided in five out of those six cases that Facebook was wrong to remove a post and that it should put the post back up. Does that suggest that the board is trending toward leaving more posts up than taking them down? I don't think you can say that we will, in one direction or or another, these are difficult decisions, and that's why sometimes we'll agree with Facebook, sometimes we won't. Facebook and other social media have brought about so much rapid change across the planet for how we communicate as a species, in ways that are good and bad. Do you think that the oversight board is enough to have a difference in shaping it in a way that is ultimately more good than bad? It's been really important for us from the outset to to underline that the oversight board is not solving all the issues around Facebook. We are trying to solve who should do the content moderation on these platforms. And until now, it has ultimately been Mark Zuckerberg. That is no longer the case. Now there is an oversight board that take the final decision on these content moderation issues. So I do think we will contribute to a new kind of conversation around these issues. There is no such thing as free speech, which is completely 
without any balance because there are other human rights. And freedom of speech has to be balanced with other human rights. And that is the hard thing. This has been such a terrific conversation. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That's all for today, Thursday, February 25th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Jeff Horwitz. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.